0: From the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, this is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, a Pardes alum. This week, Ki tise? This week, Yiska Smith discusses Ki tise? Yiska Smith is an adjunct member of the Pardes faculty. Yiska has created a handout sheet for the podcast. Please download it from elmod.pardes.org and use it to follow along with the podcast. And now, Yiska Smith. Cultivating closeness with the Divine through an ongoing private conversation. A teaching on the spiritual practice of cultivating closeness with the Divine through integrating tefillah, prayer, and Talmud Torah, the learning of Torah. Talking to the Divine in your own unique and authentic way causes the Divine in return to speak to you in an individual and unique way as well. There is a teaching from the pssn's H. Kodesh on Prashat kitetse originally taught in the Warsaw Ghetto on the 14th of September, 1940, that illuminates the practice of harmonious integration in our relationship with the Divine Presence through the learning of Torah and Tefillah, prayer. The Piasetsna Rabbi Kalanimus Kalman Shapira, who passed in 1943 in the Holocaust, bases this teaching on the first verse in Parshat Ki by which the parsha is named. In Devarim, in Deuteronomy, Chaf Aleph Yud, chapter 21, verse 10. When you go out to war, Tetse against your enemies al alAveha and Hashem your God delivers them into your hands hashem so that you will take captives shivio. The following is based on the original Hebrew and the English translation by J. Hershey Rokh, in his book Sacred Fire, Torah from the Years of Fury, 1939 through 1942. The then begins. We learn from the holy rabbi, the godly man, the great magid of Mezerich, of blessed memory, Rabbi Dov Ber of Mezerich, successor to the Balshemtov who passed in 1772. On the verse in Psalms one ten four, So it's in Parak Kufyud and it's in Pasuk Dalad. Nishba Hashem V'lo Yenachem Hashem has sworn and will not relent. This is when referring to King David. You are a Kohen ata Kohen Lo Olam Forever For you are a king of righteousness Adivrati ma'ki Tzedek I'll repeat it again, both in Hebrew and English. Nishbah Hashem v'lo yenachem, ata kohen lo'olam, adivati malkit tzedek. Hashem has sworn and will not relent. You are a kohen forever, for you are a king of righteousness. So the Magid of Mezarech teaches that kohen in this specific verse does not refer to the traditional understanding of priest. Rather, it refers to the attribute of chesed, of loving kindness. Therefore, the meaning of the verse is as follows You are loving kindness forever, because you are a king of righteousness. Ata kohen lo'olam, meaning you are, you exemplify loving kindness. Why? because you are a king of righteousness. Now, since the commentaries believe that God is talking to King David with the word you, the basis for having to interpret the word Kohen to mean something other than its usual translation as priest is that King David, in fact, was not a Kohen. He clearly was not from the tribe of Levi, but from the tribe of Yehudah. Consequently, we are compelled to seek another meaning for the term Kohen when God informs King David that he will be a Kohen forever. In fact, in 2 Samuel 8.18, in the book of Shemuel, in Sefer Shmuel Bet, Yud Chet Chet, we read, and the sons of David were Kohanim, priests, (laughs) B'nai David, Kohanim Hayu. So the common understanding of the word kohen, when we when speaking when referring about King David and then later about his sons, is referring to one of the of a leader of a king, a manhig, a melech, a chief minister, and the midot and the quality traits that they cultivate. In light of this connection between kohen and righteousness. Kindness and king slash leader, the Magid of Meserich further believes that since King David was a king of righteousness, this refers to him being similar to the priest, to the Kohen, whereby he was dedicated to drawing people closer to being in relationship with Hashem. The active word here is to bring people closer. Hence, in Hebrew, the word for the sacrificial offering brought by the, the Kohen is korban, from the word karev, lehit karev, hit karevut, to bring close. And because King David's kindness and righteousness manifesting through his inspiring people to become close, closer to Hashem, the Maggid teaches that God in turn allowed each one of us in the spirit of kindness and closeness to actually refer to him, her, in the second person when uttering a baruchah. We say, Baruch Atta, blessed are you. The Magid concludes that this is the expression of God's kindness to us being forever similar to King David manifesting loving-kindness forever. The ability of a Jew to address God, the King of Kings, as you, when uttering a bracha, a blessing, is due to the chesed, the loving-kindness of God actually allowing us to do so. This is extraordinary and exceptional that we refer to our Creator in the second person. Surely one would never refer to a human king or queen in the second person. However, this highlights what is most important, the closeness to God that David HaMelech, that King David experienced and taught to us and inspired us as expressed by the use of the word you, ata, when we speak to God. Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz, in his recently published commentary on Psalms, on tehillim, writes that the term malki Tzedek refers not only to King David as a king of righteousness, Malki, Melech, Tzedek, righteousness, but as well to the ancient king, malki Tzedek, during the time of avramavinu when explaining the term malchizedek in psalms 110:4 as we just explored rav shteinzelts refers to the verse going back into genesis into berechit 14:18 yedad yedchet and malchizedek king of shalem brought forth bread and wine and he was a kohen a priest of god most high <laughs> Clearly, Melech Shaleim, Hotzilechem kohen Clearly, predating even the very existence of the Kohanim and the tribe of Levi, and not even being a member of Bnei Yisrael. Clearly, he was not a kohen in the usual understanding of the word. Rather, this refers to him once again, as a king of righteousness, like David HaMelech, and a king of kindness. So whether the verse in Psalms refers to King David or the actual king, Malkit as Korahin, we are sure that it means something other than its usual meaning, priest. Hence, the interpretation as a king of righteousness, which then evolves into a person of chesed, of loving-kindness. The P.S. now continues, in light of the teaching from the Magid of Meserich that you is nocheach, the second person, whereas he or she would be nistar, what we say in English, the third person. For instance, referring to a human king or queen, his majesty, her highness. In Hebrew, nistar means hidden, now, when the Anshei Knesset Ha-Gedola, the men of the Great Assembly, determined in the beginning of the Second Temple period the precise language of the Tefilot of the prayers and blessings, in which we say to God, You, explicitly uttering God's name, they surely succeeded in bringing about the possibility of an immediate revelation of God. This would be through the 18, originally 18, blessings of the Amidah. Many years later, a 19th was added. We still refer to it as the Shmonah Esrei 18. Also, all oh, say, the Baruchot of Hana'ah. The brachot we say before food, before we receive enjoyment and pleasure from being in this world. Whenever we utter a bracha, we say Baruch Atah. When we utter the blessing, Baruch Atah, and then we say, Adonai, our God, we can actually sense that God is truly facing us. Therefore, therefore, we can surely say, you, reflecting our authentic experience of closeness, consequently not rendering the blessing as having been uttered in vain. In Hebrew, the P.S.S. writes, Hit Galut Elohit, Al Hashem Lanu Mamash. This is the very essence of closeness that the men of the great assembly were channeling into the world, affording each one of us the opportunity, the possibility, and the consciousness to experience closeness with Elohinu, with our God, within our deeper selves. In an in- imminent, palpable, visceral way, the Peshat now shares a teaching from the Tikkunei t- 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 Zohara, which is from the Kabbalah in section twenty-one, Chaf Aleph, that just as prayer needs learning of Torah, as it is written in Proverbs twenty-eight, nine, in Mishlei Chafchet Tet, he who turns his ear from hearing Torah, even his prayer is an abomination. So also one's learning of Torah needs prayer. Why? Why is that? Why does one always need the other? Torah needs tefillah. Tefillah needs Torah. We can understand this in light of what was previously taught, that when we say the blessing, Baruch Ata, for example, the blessing, Baruch Attah, Hashem Hamelamed Torah Le'Amo Yisrael. Blessed are you, Lord, who teaches Torah to his nation Israel. We begin in the second person, sensing closeness to the Almighty, but we conclude in the third person, Who teaches Torah to his nation? What does that mean? Why would we conclude in the third person? This means that the Torah, initially, that Hashem teaches to the nation is to the general nation in its entirety, as one whole unit, la'am kulo. This is not a teaching that is personal and individual to each person. It's not prati, or kol echad Rather, God teaches Torah to His people in general, to all the people of Israel, as one. It is therefore up to each and every individual Jew to work to achieve that experience where he or she senses that God is speaking to him or her individually. However, it's up to us. In the most of profound and intimate ways, a person can indeed sense that God is speaking to that one person alone. The piyusesna affirms that this can be achieved, will be achieved, but only by that person's efforts alone and individually. The person must take the initiative. Zarich kolechad lif olzot. And how? How do we do that? By what means can a person affect a transformative experience from hearing Torah in the most of general ways as a member of the nation to now hearing Torah as a means by which God is speaking only and uniquely to him or her? Through prayer. This in fact is why Talmud Torah needs prayer in order to reveal within the general teaching, in a way, at a distance, a unique, intimate, and close experience. For when we approach God, so to speak, face-to-face, in the space of closeness, where we actually say you, Atah, we activate a specific and unique revelation of godliness in the most direct way possible. We poel hit elokit elav whereby God now speaks to the individual and teaches Torah to the person, individual, individually. Also, in the second person, in the ata, the person now, the Torah that the person now hears within, within the person, is being taught to him or her privately, intimately, and subjectively. Now it's Do Torah Within this expanded consciousness, which employs both the mind, intellect, and the heart feelings, each person can grasp and understand a part of the Torah that is uniquely his or has, in his or her way. This is because the Torah that God teaches someone individually and personally, cannot, can never be grasped by anyone else. masig. While another person, in turn, may comprehend what the other cannot. As an educator, I refer to this as the cosmic, differentiated learning classroom. Have you ever felt you've understood a piece of Torah in a way that no one else has? It's your unique Torah. To further this important insight, the Piyasessna shares a teaching from the Ma'or VeShemesh in Parshat V'Eira, written by his namesake, Rav Kalanamis Kalman Halevi Epstein, who passed in 1823. The Ma'or VeShemesh calls our attention to another verse in Psalms, in Tehilim, twenty-five, fourteen. Chafhe <clears throat> Yidalad. God's secrets are with those who are in awe of Him. Sod Hashem Lereav. He then clearly states that God's secrets does not refer to the common understanding as the study of Kabbalah. That's usually, when we say the Sod HaTorah, usually people say, oh, Kabbalah. He questions how this could be, since by now, in his time, the Kabbalah is written in books, available to anyone who wants to learn it. The mystery, Hevra, the Sod, the secret, rather is in the understanding and perception of God that each person may achieve and that no one else can acquire. et ma rather, ma That which each person perceives of God and which cannot be explained or related to someone else. This is what comprises the real secret and the real mystery within each one of us. The P.S.S. explains that this mystery and secret can indeed be revealed to a person, When the person prays, when the person visualizes that he or she is literally standing before God, and that person speaks to God in the second person as you. I thought, actually, the you here is the deeper part of the person. The you here is the soul, is the the Shekhinah, the divine presence in each one of us. That's the you. At that moment, God responds through this cold, the mamadaka, through this still, small voice, by also speaking to that person in return, addressing that person bapratyut, immediately and directly as you, balashon <clears> ata. I understand this as the cosmic relationship engaging in a private and intimate discussion dialogue, and conversation. To the degree that we mamash, sense the divine presence within us and around us, enough to mindfully and with purpose refer to the divine presence as you, as ata, or even at. To that degree, the Torah we learn will be taught and then heard in the most unique Private and intimate way, the piyutz then both cautions and encourages that for this amazing experience of closeness and intimacy with Hashem to manifest, the person must reveal in oneself, one's through one's own prayers. The person must reveal oneself. The person, basically what he means here, Hebra, the person must be authentic. The person must be honest in his or her approach, intentionally expressing his or her own inner self, his own thoughts, her own feelings in the words of prayer that he or she chooses when speaking with God. So whether you pray from the official Sidora, the official codified prayer book, or whether you pray and or in your own words, you need to pray your own essence. It needs to come from you. You cannot be reading what he's saying, the Piyasasna. This will not happen if when we say, quote, we are praying, we are speaking someone else's words. For the Torah that God responds with to be uniquely each one of ours, each one of us must first offer in this cosmic, incredible conversation, one's own real Inner being, whatever that may be, without any judgment, but it must be honest. It must be authentic, and only then, as we learn in the verse in Proverbs, in the book of Mishlei, Chavzayin Yutet, it says there, like water reflecting the face to the face, Kamayim, HaPanim LePanim, the revelation of God will be reflected in the revelation of oneself. That is in the prayer. Basically, the more of our unique selves that we bring to our conversation, to our part in the conversation with God through our prayer, to that degree, the Torah that God responds with, regardless of whatever piece of Torah we are learning, that will be as unique as well. As a spiritually transformative moment, we shall learn, we shall hear and understand Torah in a different way now. It actually becomes a spiritual experience to cultivate. As we say at Pardes, see yourself in the text. And I'd like to add, and see the text in you. See yourself in the words of prayer and see the words of prayer in you. And the P.S.S. now says, that this is true even when a person's prayer derives from the depths of one's heart due to suffering and experiencing great distress. <speaking in Hebrew> Why? Because the person is pouring forth one's soul. <speaking in Hebrew> and his soul is the very life force in the words of his prayer. There is in the divine reflection an immediate and direct revelation of God's Torah for that individual. However, it doesn't matter if we're talking to God from the space of gratitude, celebration, joy, or from suffering, from pain, from distress. What matters is each of us are speaking to God, our truth, our genuine self. The Piyazetzin now explains the spiritual meaning of the original verse referring to the beginning of Parshat Ki te-tze. In the beginning of this teaching, when you go out to war against your enemies, Ki Tetzei L'milchama al Oyevecha, God, your God, will deliver them into your hands. Untano Hashem kecha so that you will take captives. V'shavita <speaking in Hebrew> What does he mean? He emphasizes that when we are at war, engaged in a struggle of any kind, and going to battle with forces within or around us, if you are in pain, and sincerely praying from the depths of your heart, God will do this much for you. He will put it right into your hands. Untano Hashem Elokecha bi'adecha. He will put your God, Elokecha, will put into your hands what? Himself. Your unique, your individual God. This direct and palpable sense of closeness with God transforms the pain and suffering in ways we can never even imagine until we are in the midst of the experience. And this is actually going to war, Hevra, not with violence. It's a real struggle. It's a struggle defined by compassion, by softness, by gentleness. Barakut, baadinut. In fact, the P.S. Atzana concludes by explaining the, even the deeper meaning of you will take captives. What does that mean? These words in Hebrew not only mean you will take captives. But in Echa 5.21, in Echa 5, in Lamentations, we read the uh, well-known pasuk, we turn. Us to you and we shall return. ben We are praying here for the divine to awaken within us, to create a hitoot, a desire, an arousal, an awakening for us to return to God. However, the divine replies. In Malachi 3 7 in the book of the prophet Malachi, Gimel Zion, return to me and I will return to you. Shuvu Elai, Va'ashuvah lechem. You want me to cause you to return to me? You have it within you through Tefillah and I will return to you through Torah. Oh, it's a beautiful dance. This is a beautiful, beautiful conversation, back and forth, back and forth, organically, within the individual revelation achieved through personal and genuine prayer. You will actually succeed in returning his return. Vishavita, you shall return. shivyo. That is to say, you're returning to God. You're cultivating. This is this is radical chavra. This is the P.S.S. News. Radical, redemptive teaching here. You're cultivating the spiritual practice of Teshuvah. This results in God returning to you. His doing Teshuvah, so to speak, to you. So in conclusion, what in fact was held captive, what was the Shavui, what was held captive that now becomes ours? Closeness to the divine. Without this, we are compelled to go to war and fight, to claim it. And how do we go to war? Through our tefillah, through our prayer. Through that, we can then take back for us what all along God wants for us, which is to feel close to God, which is to feel close to that deeper part of ourselves where the Shekhinah dwells. In light of this radically amazing Torah, I invite each of you to consider cultivating two spiritual practices that may nurture your relationship with the divine in a way where you sense a growing closeness and intimacy in your part in the ongoing intimate and personal conversation. First, following a moment of contemplation in silence, speak to the divine presence within you, the Shekhinah, whether they be words out of the Sidora when you attend the Beit Knesset, or at home, or whether they be your own spontaneous words. Engage your authentic and genuine outpouring of your heart. Without, Without judgment, be just present with it. Hold it. Hold the space. Allow this to be spontaneous and uncontrived. Allow yourselves to talk with the Shekhinah, with the Divine, in the second person, you. In the conversation, say, You, God. You, my Creator. Ribono shel olam. You. And the second practice that I would invite you to adopt and cultivate... Each time you learn a new piece of Torah, any kind of Torah—from the Jewish law, halacha, midrash, Gemara, Mishnah, Chumash, Nach, the Bible, words of Chasidut, teachings of Musara, whatever it is—whenever you learn a new piece of Torah, strive to find you in those words, and strive to find those words inside of you. Speak to God again in the second person, seeking your own individualized and personalized understanding of the text. Ask that this piece of Torah becomes yours in a deep, intimate, and personal way. May we all merit Cain here at to do exactly that. Thank you, Yiska. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Praise from Jerusalem.